0: I know I share this this often but um, it's important to the to the message this morning you know I had 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 quite a few years of Christianity where I was and when I say this I don't want to negate that even when I even though I was so much in my head a lot of it even though I had false incomplete and inaccurate images of God that made me, and it caused me to struggle in my Christianity a lot. I don't want to negate that God was with me, and God was still good to me, and God was still faithful, and He was still blessing me in in, in ways, right? Amen. Because, and it's amazing that He can still do that, you know. And, and in fact, it is amazing. I, I still think it's amazing that He could ever. How how did I ever? Get, how did someone like me ever even get saved? Somehow, He He had a way of knowing how to break through, right? And then even after that, when I talk about my my other conversion experience where I laid on the floor and I'm laying there and saying, father, I quit because everything I'm trying is not enough. And I appreciate the blessings that I've gotten from all these things, but but I'm, I, I've, I've never been satisfied and I can't make it to the top of the holy mountain, sir. I'm sorry. And I, I've, I've, I don't have any more strength and I don't have any more ideas. And, and, uh, and the body of Christ has run out of ideas. They've preached a hundred different things to me and I've tried them all. And, and, and i i don't have any more juice and i'm i quit and i wasn't quitting him but i was quitting trying and some of you you know you've heard me say this and it was like god said good are you done now and uh and 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 what happened or what began really began to happen that day was was i I describe it in many ways but today i want to say what what happened was i went from my head to my heart and I beheld the glory of the Father, and I was changed. And, and I know all I do is talk about His goodness, His grace, and His, 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 His love, and there are many things that we can do in the body, and there's many things we can teach about God, and many ways that we can operate, and the gifts, and, and all of that, and I love it, and more power to, 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 to all of you for, and for doing those things, and operating in the administrations that God has given you. But I'm captivated by something. that has brought me the most precious thing I've ever found, and that's peace in my soul. And it's the greatest treasure that I've ever known. God loves me, and I love him, and we are one, and I know that. And as we sing about being in Christ today and being in that life today, and it's long, because as long as he's alive, it's not done. Why? Because that life that we possess, that, that, that is in us, the life we live in Christ, the life of Christ in us, it supersedes everything. We're going to live forever. Right? Is that our fan? Do I have a fan? <laughs> hmm. And all these things that we experience, and all the things that we stress about, and all the things that are going on, all those things are that are manifestations of a world that is death, are in our lives being swallowed up by life. The life that has been freely given, that we powerfully possess within us. Even in these weak and, 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 and frail vessels jesus himself being in a living kept choosing to to come and be here in a body that could die but had the life of the father in him that's why the grave couldn't hold him as long as he's alive in you it's not done today right okay let's get into this i've got a mouthful to say and i I want to be able to say it efficiently and and not take uh, a whole lot of time um john chapter 1 Verse 14, y'all love John chapter one. Don't you love, aren't you glad John wrote a gospel too, besides Matthew, Mark, and Luke? <laughs> now theirs is awesome. We love that. We preach out of it. We read it. We get so much out of it, but they've got a lot of these parallel things they are called the synoptic gospels because they're similar. But then you read the fourth one. You read John and he goes out there, boom, <laughs> in the beginning, well, that sounds like Genesis and he was, and he went there. He went past, you know, the other ones. They were saying, you know, this guy begat that one, and this one begat that, and that, be-, and the, you know, and, and this whole earthly genealogy. And John goes past all that. He says, "Forget that. I'm talking about the real thing that we saw." Past the Jewish man with the beard, in the beginning was the Word. And John chapter one verse fourteen says, "And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us." And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Now, let me say a word about this this word. We know that, some of us know that in the beginning was the word, and that word became flesh. That word, there's a word for the word, the word. Did you catch that? There's a word for that. We know, some of us know that it's logos in the Greek. Right? Now, how many of you ever heard of Heraclitus or Heraclitus? Okay, I get to bring a little bit of new information here. Heraclitus was he, about 500 years before John wrote this, he was a Greek, he, he was a Greek philosopher. In fact, he's known as one of, the great, one of the main architects of what we recognize as Greek philosophy. He was before Socrates, before Plato, and, and he, he's the one that first coined the usage of the Greek word logos, which simply means word or to express something, he coined its usage to actually refer to God himself. He called it the divine expression. And, he said, and, and he's the one that said the logos is the divine expression of God that speaks, that always has spoken, always will speak. It will never change. In fact, it created all things. Heraclitus said this. He says it is, it is in, indifferent to all the opinions of man because it is eternal truth. And it brought life to all things. Heraclitus said this. And it holds all things together in spite of all the things that man is up to. The logos will endure forever. The word was God. Now, and, 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 many, and, and many probably most serious scholars of the Bible um, agree that John was very aware of this and was actually referring to the, the idea of, of, of Heraclitus. You understand that, that, that in this time, that this, this place was very heavily influenced by Greek culture, philosophy, and thought. Uh, the Jewish religion itself was very heavily influenced at that time uh, by, by Greek uh, thought. Um, in fact, it was so heavily influenced, that's why they had the Maccabean War, because they, there were certain people that didn't like the Greek ideas being brought into their religion, but it, it, was, it was all over it. And uh, in, in fact, Jesus himself, sometimes in his, some of his stories, he would borrow some things from some of the, the Greek tales and myths and things. And not, not that what Jesus was saying was a myth, but he would take from those and tell a truth. And so it was heavily influenced. So they're aware of this. They already know that there's a term, I believe, I'm very sure, uh, this logos. And so he's using that. And so when he writes this, He's thinking of that. He's saying the logos in the beginning was the logos. Now, now, see, we've got these colorful things up here. There's a play on words I'm using here. I'm normally the worst about titles. People will ask me, even after I've preached, do you have a title for that message? And I, I never can think of anything. I'll say, I don't know. Why don't you watch it and try to find something? I don't know. But, but I got a title for this. I made, it's a good title. I made it up myself. It's called the logos and the legos. Or the Legos and the Logos, that's what it is. (laughs) So we're going to have an expression. We're going to have something here uh, this morning. So think of that as we're reading this and we say, and and John's writing says, and the Logos. When we say the Logos, the word, we know we're talking about Jesus when we read here. But let's look at what John was talking about and what, what he was referring to. And let's, if we can, let's go beyond the Jewish flesh of Jesus with the beard and the sandals. Let's go to that which was in the beginning and when we think of the logos also, let's go beyond The written page and not to belittle or demean the Bible at all It is the inspired Word of God and it contains the revelation of God. It's the book of Jesus if you really look at it But look beyond you know what Gutenberg started printing on paper and look at that which was in the beginning Look at that which created all things and that which holds all things together There is a logos and the logos is by this definition the living expression or the divine expression Heraclitus said and what John's referring to the divine Expression Uh, if you have a passion translation. I like what it uses. It says it says and the living expression the living expression became flesh and it dwelt among us and you remember John wrote later on in a letter He says, that which was in the beginning, (laughs) that which we have felt, that's what we have tasted. We have touched, excuse me, not tasted. We have touched, we've handled (laughs) the word, the logos of life. (laughs) Because there were people at that time that were thinking that he didn't even come in the flesh. He says, we've touched it. (laughs) And I believe he was not talking about just the, 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 the earthly flesh, but even the resurrected flesh of the one that, that, that dwelt among them for 40 years, eating and drinking with them 40, 40 years, 40 days, excuse me, 40 days. Moses was the 40-year guy. Some of us felt like we were the 40-year guy, right? 40 days. And he says, no, you think he didn't come in the flesh? He says, we've touched him. Resurrection is real resurrection life and resurrection power is real <laughs> he says let me go into verse 17 here he says for the law was given through moses but grace and truth there it is again grace and truth grace and truth came through jesus next verse passion translation no one ever gazed upon the full splendor of god except his uniquely beloved son who is cherished by the father and held close to his heart and now that he has come to us he has unfolded the full explanation of who God truly is. Now, what do people have before God is fully unfolded before you, before you see who God truly is? You know what I found, what I found that, that we will do anyway, and they've done it throughout all of history, is that if we don't see God, then we'll make an image of God. <laughs> we'll create one in some way. It's like... Um, How many of you like to read books, novels? You like your readers. Not everybody is, but some of you are. Okay. You like to read. How many of you have ever read a novel, and it became a movie, and then you said, you know, the book is even better than the movie? Most people that read will say that. Judy's a reader. I'm not. She reads to me. (laughs) I can read. I can. (laughs) I can. <clears throat> but, but I hear that often. We've all heard that often. People say, you'll, you'll see a good movie, and you'll brag about it, and somebody will say, well, the book's better. And I'm like, well, how would I know? You know. <laughs> um, but, you know but, but sometimes you'll see the movie after you've read the book, and sometimes you'll be surprised by how, they, how it looks on the movie because in your mind, you already had created an image. Like you thought a character would be more like this. But then somebody else, when they made a movie, which is a real visual, (laughs) something you can really just look at. When you look at a movie, you don't have to imagine what the person looks like. You see what the person looks like. In the book, you have to imagine it, more or less. And so sometimes you're surprised by how it's depicted when you see the image that you don't have to create. (laughs) And the funny thing is, sometimes we'll say, you know what? I liked the book better because I liked what I imagined about this person better than what they showed. Well, if, if, if you can kind of compare that to where I'm going with this is sometimes, sometimes when you try to present the reality of God as Jesus did and what he was doing in his day when he walked in, on the earth in a, in a fleshly body is he was presenting the full, the full picture of who God is, but some people liked their image better, didn't they? Than the living image, than the real thing. He wasn't, you know, than the, than the real thing. Now, I want uh, Judy's going to come up here and, and, and help me now, and we're going to we're going to create some images because what happens is is what I had done for many years uh, until God really just began to unveil Himself to me was I had all these images of God, and in the and these images of God they got in my way and they caused a lot of trouble in my Christianity. They made it they made my Christianity hard. Because I wasn't seeing God clearly, so I don't see Him really clearly, so I start making, start making Him up. And I wanna, make, I wanna use a verse here that talks about that from Isaiah chapter 44, and he says in verse 9, those who make an image, all of them are useless. <laughs> I know mine were. I was making all kinds of images of God, and their precious things don't profit. They're their own witnesses. They neither see nor know. Maybe he's talking about the, the images we make, but, he, but, but, but some translations will make it, sound, make it sound like, you know, the images cause us not to see. <laughs> Certainly if we're looking at an image of God, we're not looking at the real thing. They don't see and they don't see God and they don't know God, let's say that. That they may be ashamed. Now the word shamed is, 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 the, word, is the word pronounced "boosh," and it literally means they're disappointed. And that was me for many, many years. I came up short and I was disappointed so much. And that's when I said, God, I'm not satisfied. I'm just not there. I don't, this isn't working. And he says, good, are you done now? And, and what I was looking for for so long, I didn't know. I thought I was looking for some kind of reward for all my work maybe. Or possibly that I was working toward a great end time revival, you know, that I was going to, wanting to be a part of. Or some great end time anointing that I would operate in, that people prophesied that we would all be doing things, and, and I would walk down the corridors of the hospital and, 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 and clean out the, the hospital rooms just by walking around, and I still see those kind of things. But I see it in a, in a, in a different and a more clear way now that it's not what I thought, and it's not the image of a God that was on the, more on the outside of me, going to bring something to me. It's a God that lives in me, that's with me all the time, that loves me, and, and, and of course we see them all, all in, in a completely different way. And what, happ- what it really was was not an end-time move or an end-time revival or, uh, or an end-time anything like that, not something that was, ha- that was not here that was yet to come. What I found was something, someone that was here the whole time right in front of me. And all I got that day was a revelation. That's all it was. All I was really looking for was a revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that day, the Holy Spirit began to do just what Jesus said he would do, that he would take of my glory and he'll show it to you. And that's what he did. And I saw three things. One was that the finished work of Christ really was big enough and it it took care of everything that I would ever need and it worked. And, And so everything that I was trying to get, I already had because Jesus did it and it was finished and it's all mine and he's in me. And if that were true, then the next step was... That then that means that everything's forgiven. God's not demanding anything of me (laughs) That I can rest now Uh, But but what about my behavior still God his grace was sufficient So I saw fullness That's why I wrote a book called fullness because that was I didn't know about a grace movement or anything like that I just I felt full for the first time in my life full of love full of peace now, we've got a friend here who's doing something. We will, we will help this person in just a minute. But, but, but then the third thing was, and if, 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 if his grace is that, if he did that, that gracious act of death, burial, resurrection, and all, all that he did, and ascension on high, he did all that, and he did that for me because he wanted to be with me that way, and he wanted to make sure that sin would not be an issue, and there would be no barriers, no reason for any separation at all, Then he must really, really love me. <laughs> and that has been growing ever since then, that revelation. We see, we have a friend here who's busy. She's, she's busy making an idol. And, you know, look at it. She's got her Bible there. Why is, she, why is she looking at her Bible and putting a piece? Because there are basically three elements that, it, that we make our idols with. One of them is we'll take fragments of scripture to build a false image of God. You know, you can do that, right? We've seen it done. Maybe you recognize you've done it, or you've certainly seen other people do it. It's a thick book, man. But you can believe all kinds of stuff just from reading the same book. <laughs> And and what happens a lot of times is that we take fragments of scripture and the reason somebody believes in the Bible and you believe in the Bible But you are you're seeing two completely different images of God is because sometimes what we'll do and I know I did it I did it for many years is that I would find the fragments in scripture I would gravitate to those scriptures for some reason the scriptures that would induce fear the scriptures that, that would induce doubt the scriptures that would induce Uh, being judgy in some way, critical, a judgmental type of God, uh, uh, giving me the freedom to be judgmental because that's what I wanted to be. And I find those scriptures. You can do that. You can find fragments of scripture and piece them together and create an image of God that's not even really God. How many know that's true? Right? Another thing is, is that we build these things out of our imperfect Nurturing figures. Maybe you had maybe it was a parent a mentor a a so-called spiritual leader that that gave you false information And you started using that information to build your image in your mind of God Are y'all following me so far? How many know what I'm talking about? How many have ever done this? I have (laughs) Uh, Thank God we really do as the Bible says we get set free from our idols there is a living expression, and that living expression speaks to us. And, and number three, we, we will build these things by interpreting our own experiences. For instance, you pray for something, and it didn't t- turn out the way that you wanted it to, so you make an interpretation and say, well, God doesn't heal today, or God doesn't want to bless me, or you know, whatever. And we build that image of God, and that, make, that causes struggle for us. Now, now this, 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 our friend here with the hat on here, she believes in a God who's, who's vengeful and punitive. She believes in a punish, punishing, penalizing God. And her name is, is Penaliza. We're gonna call her Penalizer <laughs> Because she believes in a penalizing God, a punitive God. And she's building an idol of that type of God. She's got her scripture, she's got her experiences, she hasn't seen yet. She believes that she's inherently bad. She believes that she's inherently evil and she's trying to become good to please and appease this vengeful and punitive God this God who's looking to punish at any Opportunity have you ever had that image or have heard of that image in other people? No, none of you guys. Okay, just me I have Um, uh, Another thing is that is that if she believes that she deserves punishment I know this just from watching and experience if, if we believe that that we believe punishment Then we think there's others out there that deserve even more hmm? I mean if I'm bad and I'm trying to be good. Whoo you guys <laughs> Huh and we get these ideas and we get these sort of like this. There's been a lot of there's will be false We think they're prophetic utterances sometimes like we have this image of, Oh God is getting fed up with all the evil that people are doing in the world today Where do we get that from this image? Oh, maybe not. Okay, did I did I overstep there? <laughs> hmm. um, but we get those things. Now I got that. M in, I remember being five years old, five five year old boy, cute. Little, well, maybe I wasn't that cute, but I was innocent. Well, not that. I was a little boy, right? Just a boy, <laughs> and I was very active. I remember being very active. We didn't diagnose in those days. Uh, we just spanked. Okay, you know, and I'm not saying that was better, but we we that you know we didn't know. And and I was this five-year-old boy, and, and I, I know I drove mama crazy sometimes. And you know, she was always trying to put me down for naps in the afternoon. I'm this active five-year-old boy, and I like a, a nap in the afternoon. I, I what, I'm gonna sleep? I couldn't do it, never, never. I don't remember ever falling asleep in the afternoon when I was a boy like that. But she would put me down, not because it was good for me, it was good for her. I remember one time actually thinking, I can't sleep. And I thought, well, maybe I've been laying here long enough, maybe she'll think I slept. And I come out, and I can remember coming out of my bedroom, and I come out like, <laughs> and I looked at her, and she had grabbed the belt, and she was chasing me back in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very active, and I was very de- de- deceptive. Um, But I I remember jumping up and down on a chair, and we had an ottoman in front of that chair in the living room. And I was bouncing up and down on that thing, and I jumped over the ottoman, and I I, I cleared the ottoman. Five years old, I cleared the ottoman. Landed cleanly on the floor. There's no applause. I landed cleanly on the floor. I jumped, I made it over the ottoman. (laughs) But when I landed, I bit my lip. And I'm crying, and I run to mommy. And tell her that I bit my lip and she had seen the whole thing and she said God was punishing you because you're not supposed to be jumping on the furniture that was her belief I guess but it became my belief I began that was when I began to create this image and I believed I was a I was bad and I was always trying to become good and the whole time the living expression the real God Loved me, loved, cared about me, wanted to express himself to me, but when, when you believe you're bad, it's hard to receive that. You want to be good, you, God stretches out his hands to you, but I believe he hits. I believe God hits. I believe he punishes. I, would, I remember preaching some, even in my pastoral ministry, I had that, had that, had that, had that image. By and large and I would say things like oh God took me to the woodshed this week So I'm just gonna share with you what he said and you know when I look back on that That was not true to be honest with you the when after the living expression himself God w- Revealed himself to me. I say oh, this is you. I spoke of things. I knew not and You've never taken to the woodshed. You've been nothing but gentle and kind and patient and understanding That's the living expression God is love Amen. And then we have another idol that we can build. And that's the God with impossible expectations. This is the one that we create in our mind and we try to serve that God, that image of God, and we're never, we're ne- we're never good enough. And, and these are all related to the others and they'll overlap, but, but we're never good enough. We can't do enough. And because we can't do enough, we see ourselves as failures. And maybe not so much expecting punishment, but we certainly experience the shame of failure. And that was me laying on that floor, because for 20 years I tried to climb the holy hill and get to the top of God's mountain like he wanted to, and I failed. And one of the reasons was because no matter how high I climbed, I looked up and the top was still as far away as it was before, and it's like the goalpost kept moving, right? And it's like his, his expectations were impossible. I, I always think of the, of the yellow brick road, and I wrote a chapter in my first book, and the chapter is called Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, because when I saw the fullness of God, it, I left that, that journey. I haven't been on a quest for God for decades now. I am home, so are you. Welcome home, church. Welcome to the heavenly Jerusalem. Welcome to the city of the living God, the living expression himself. Welcome to the innumerable company of angels and and of, and of just men made perfect. Legalism is a part of this God. You can't you can't you can't do it all. I saw where someone said recently that 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 God that God's always trying to make you more quote holy. Oh, I think do people people still talk like that? You forget sometimes we're the minority still. <laughs> But, but, the, but, you know, he, and he, so what he does is he'll work hard on one sin of yours. And once you get that conquered, then he'll start on the next one. And I'm like, that was my life. I would work hard on something and I would think that I've overcome this thing. And I'm I'm feeling really good. Woo. Now, finally, I'm where God wants me and doggone if There ain't something else now. Y- y'all know, anybody know what I'm talking about? And you ever had that experience? Like there was just another after another, after another. I don't know maybe you guys had a, you guys had a lot better teaching than I did <laughs> but another thing was always trying to accomplish more for Jesus because I could never do enough to feel worthy of this God because of his expectations when my when my uh, you know my church after I built the church here after one year I had 30 people and and I, I thought that's pretty good because I started with none and nobody came till the fourth service so to get to 30 was a miracle but after a little while, 30 seems pretty small. It's like, you know, 50's more respectable. Then I wanted 50. When I got to 50 people in my church, then I thought, that seems so small. And, and I'd go to conferences. and How many people you got in your church? Like, well, I got f- uh, se- about 70, um, you know. <laughs> then when I got 70, you know, they, they, well, how many people are you running down? I've got, se- oh, getting close to 100. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Because I was never, the shame was always there. When I got 100 and then two, it, it just kept going. It was never enough because God was a God of, of impossible expectations. And so this is somebody who has built an image, is building an image of a God of impossible expectations. Her name is Gilta. Her name is Gilta. She can never do enough. She carries shame. And no matter what, the living expression loves her. The living expression's not demanding anything from her, right? God's not demanding anything from you <laughs> or me. That's what I learned laying on that floor. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I saw that truth. It didn't take me 40 years after that to, to, to get into the Scriptures and put something else together. Once I saw the real thing, I was home. Now, there's been learning ever since because when you see the real thing, you have fulfilled what David was crying out for in the Psalms when he said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. I, began, I got at the beginning of that that day. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire daily in his temple. That's where we're at. And that's why in this place of revelation, we can grow like a weed, because now we don't have to try to find the house of God and climb the holy hill. We're home, and now we can just inquire daily and behold the beauty, and that's how we're growing today. And we are becoming more and more like him because we're seeing him. But I'm trying to—the uh, living expression is always speaking to us. He's always with us; has never left us, and he's always trying to let her know, "Oh, I love you, and you're mine, and let's be together, and listen, Joe. I am the fullness of life, and here it is." But this idol has Gilda distracted. She doesn't see the living expression, the logos, yet. That God with the impossible expectations is is often, she feels this God here is aloof, unsympathetic, distant. All the image of her God cares about is her performance score. The living expression cares nothing about that. It's okay. And finally, And there are many, but we're we're going to give you three. Finally, some people have the image of a God that's the unreliable God. This is the God that's here sometimes, and sometimes he's not. He's up and he's down. Sometimes he's good, and sometimes he's not. He's the God that did this amazing miracle for you last week. You told everybody about it. You rejoiced in it. You testified. You said, oh, God is good. But this week, you got a different challenge. And it looks scary. And if you've got a wrong image of God, you're not sure He's going to be good to you this time. You're, you're you're feeling fear and doubt because He sure did something before. I know He has, but that's not enough to convince me that this week I'm going to actually come going to come through. Sometimes He helps, but not always. He abandons. We find the scriptures to try to prove to us that God doesn't always do it. You know how we find those fragments of scriptures? (laughs) It's it's I'll tell you, there's one verse that uh, that, that one passage that, I'm glad it's there because I understand it, but in one way I, I I wish it never happened. And that's when Jesus went in and turned over the tables in the temple. Because all of us that have anger issues, we know that verse, boy, we love that verse. (laughs) You know, you, you tell somebody like, well, you know, Maybe you can just find it in your heart to forgive these people. I, I, but Jesus turned over the tables, you know. <laughs> Let's try to love him. No, Jesus turned over the tables, you know. And they're like, and, and I'm like, yeah, but that's a big book, and he did it one time, not every day. Come on. <laughs> but we find those scriptures to build our God. And it's not even a God that's good. <laughs> And we need that God that's good. And, and that's the reality is always has been and it always will be independent of what any of us think. He is just good. And here here is um, <coughs> we'll call her Fickalina because she serves the unreliable God Fickalina. She doesn't know if God's going to be there or not. And he says, you know what? I'm with you always. It's OK. Maybe it doesn't look good, but I, I'm here. I'm right here with you. He was there last week. I think that's the same God that I had back when I was in my revival type days where we would like have church services where, where the manifest presence was so real and strong and we would go out just, just crying, sometimes even feeling drunk about it. Just, 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 I mean, like, man, we've been in church. Oh, the glory, Woo, the presence of the living God. And then next week it's like, where'd you go? And they were trying to figure out what did we do last week that made him show up? I must have done something right I must have done something good uh, w- could you sing that song again maybe that's what it was anybody know what I'm talking about those kind of things and, 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 and you know because there again we always put it back to us we must have done something right when the whole time he's right here and all that happens when you are experiencing the, the, the heavy manifest presence of God All that's happening is that you have, for that moment, become aware of something that has always been true. He's always been with you and always will be. And Revelation opens it up to where we're aware every day when we wake up every single morning till the time we lay down our head. But it takes a revealing of the Spirit and we get to 2 Corinthians 3. Here's where it happened. Is there anything that we do about this? I mean, how does it happen? I, okay, Rick, I, I, so you got a revelation and, and, and all that. And people are always asking, is there something I can do? How can I get a revelation? am like, I got nothing for you because it's not about you. But there is one small thing that we can do. When the heart turns to the Lord, you've got the living expression that's been here the whole time and finally something happens when the heart turns when the heart turns to the lord let me let me read this correctly here but the moment one turns to the lord with an open heart the veil is removed and we behold we see now the lord is the holy spirit that's been here the whole time and when we see we never care about these things again they have no more power no more fear no more guilt no more shame and now we and for the rest of your life it's a walk for the rest of your life the two have become one and I believe that this is the real marriage of the lamb when the two hearts his heart's always been toward us and this love that we have today In fact Judy revealed she, she was telling me about this a couple of weeks ago she, in her studies said you know there's a we talk about agape but there's a Hebrew word for love chesed and it's a special just like the word agape they had to coin a usage and they it's it's often interpreted loving kindness and it's the kind of love revealed that God has always had for you And it's a special kind of love it's not just emotional but it comes from a word that means to bow towards someone it's used as a covenant type of love because it's a love that's an attaching love a binding love lo I am with you always do not fear long as I'm alive it's not over let's all stand if you see anything give God thanks right now give God thanks for for what you're seeing and be grateful in your heart I've got good news you're loved and the logos the living God and his expression It's loving you and speaking to you. I often marvel, I think, how did I get any of this? I still don't get it. A lot of it's just a blessing. It's just all you can do is be grateful. There's a lot more for me to see, and that excites me. But I'm thankful for what I do see. Because that little bit I can see now, I say little compared to what we see through eternity. That little has made all the difference in our lives, and that's what we celebrate when we think of Him, when we speak His name. Father, here we are. Look what You've done. We're here because You have shown us Your beauty, or else we're here because we want to see it. And you're the the speaker you are that word that reveals to us so I thank you for everyone here that no matter if they've if they're looking to find it or they have found that right now where we're at we behold the beauty and we say show us your goodness because the half has not been told and let everyone hear remember after this day always be in awareness from their waking up to the laying down of their head that they're alive together with the one who's always loved them and that living expression the living word the living resurrection life and power of he who is the resurrection is swallowing up everything as we look to our externals we don't always see immediate changes here and there but we're walking together and we are safe and all is well and we thank you for that seventh day rest and that peace in our souls and we thank you thank you for being able to do what we've never been able to do on our own, as we've tried to think of you and tried to understand you and even imagine you, that even right now, the reality of God can be seen, and we are home today, and we are safe. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Amen. I love you, Grace Church, and I know your Father really, 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 really does. Have another beautiful day today. Amen.